Avatar, The Last Airbender, not the, not the blue one. No, I haven't seen it. I have seen the, the live action movie. Yikes. Twice. I've made mistakes in my life. Twice! Twice. Man. You guys, if you ever thought, man, these guys aren't experts, you gotta believe at least Andy is um, at this at this one thing. This was before I thought about doing this. I just, I saw it once with my little brother, I think. Seems like a mean thing to do to your little brother. No, he okay. did it to me, and he was sorry about it. Me and my brothers just punched and then, and then again, and then I saw it again, and I don't know what the circumstances of the second viewing were. I think it was, like, an ironic viewing. The thing about ironic viewings is you still have to watch the movie. <laughs> yes. Welcome to direct video. VHS? VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. That was a very odd energy you're bringing into this already. It wasn't like a fine wine, you know? This was more of a, like a Gatorade that you found in your car and you thought, F- I might as well. I mean, it's specifically because one of the movies you watched was the Christmas movie. It's like a Gatorade you found in your car and then brought into the Christmas party when you should have gotten some wine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's like a Gatorade you found in your car, and then after you drank it, you looked at the bottle cap and it said, best till Christmas, and you're like, oh, that was like four months ago. I don't think Gatorade goes bad. It's sugar water. I think due to FDA regulations, like everything you sell needs to have an expiration date on it. Right. This water that I'm drinking right now has an expiration date, but like, it's fine. It's water, yeah. It'll never stop being water. That's the amazing thing about water. I don't know about that. What? Well, okay, so over time, the the petroleum in the plastic leaches. So eventually, it will also be petroleum. How long would that take? How long does it take for plastic to start breaking down? Well, it technically never breaks down. It just becomes smaller. But a long time. Like, decades. I was going to say, is it more than two years? Because this water expires in two years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyway. Okay. There's a, that's a New Jersey law. That's why everybody else has to, has to do it. Because of New Jersey. Thanks, Jersey. That's what states' rights get you. I thought every... Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that joke. You're welcome. I was going to make a, I thought everything was legal in Jersey joke, but. I think my thing was. It was fine. Oh, uh, well, actually, well, your thing was good. It was, right. it was a little more problematic than mine, but. Let's talk about Swan Princess 3. Uh, I don't I remember believe what the subtitle mean, is. Fuck me. Let me do a quick history. <laughs> the hell? Swan. I love that neither of us know. It's so dumb. It's such a dumb name. It's really long, too. The Mystery of the Enchanted Treasure. It's actually a lot of a better name. It's actually a much better name than Escape from Castle Mountain. Although, I can also remember the name Escape from Castle Mountain. Yeah, so that's kind of where we... uh, Escape from Castle Mountain is like a shitty ride at Universal Studios. But the Mystery of the Enchanted Treasure just doesn't make you think of anything. Yeah. Which is why I think I kept well, forgetting it. In some places, Tony, it's known as Mystery of the Enchanted Kingdom. Mm, that makes 
even less sense. Yeah, it does. That's the Castle Mountain version of the title. Yes, yes it is. Because Escape from Castle Mountain has a better title in, like, England. So this movie came out in 1998, and that's pretty much all I know about it. That's all it... That's all I think anyone knows about it. Hey, that's fine by me. Here's what you all need to know, is this year they're releasing a new Swan Princess movie, so they're still on that hot shit. There, there, there is money to be made on this hot IP... I don't know why. Who I don't know who's making that money, but God, somebody is. I know is. who's making that money because his name is still attached to the franchise. I don't think Richard, Richard Rich is making money. I think this is like... A, ma- a man who animated for Disney. This feels like it's like a monkey's paw situation. Like Richard Rich was like, I want to make a movie outside of Disney with my name on it that's, that people will remember. And then like the monkey's paw curled. And now we're on uh, Swan Princess, like, 7. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, so here's the thing about Swan Princess 3 that I love, is that you have that beautiful Swan Princess logo animation that they stole from the first movie. <laughs> that that you watch it and you're like, okay, this is pretty good. And then, like, it, like, slaps you with uh, Mystery of the Enchanted Treasure. Yeah, probably. I, I clicked away again. Mystery of the Enchanted Treasure. And yes. it's and by by the time you get there, the animation has already like dropped off a sheer cliff, and you're like, "Whoa, isn't it fantastic?" Way to remind me of of how things were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just assumed that they didn't have as much money for this movie as they had for the original one. We've seen much worse animation, uh, and we will see much worse animation in <laughs> the future. Um, it's, it's, we'll, we'll talk about that animation. It's got its own set of problems. But this animation is bad, and they even actually just lean on the old movie in places. There is a straight up montage of scenes from the first film that lasts for like three minutes. And I, I was kind of grateful for it. I was like, okay, I could take a break. I could, but also I was like mad. It's too bad it was during like the worst song possibly of the film yeah so we open on a jazzy he's i he looks like a blue heron but he's not he's something else did you catch what he was yeah i wrote it down somewhere and i remember getting really mad about it because there are real birds that can mimic people no dude i don't think you understand a yankee bird i think is just another name for a mockingbird oh really yes well, I guess I can't get that mad then. I'm still mad because why didn't they just call it a mockingbird? A mockingbird? It would have made more sense. But, like, I do not, like, I immediately do not care about this stupid bird. And he's, like, already completely obnoxious. And then it you... looks like for a moment, if you allow yourself this this uh, brief fantasy, that he is immediately captured and killed. Yeah, by these, like, disembodied nets start chasing him, which I didn't get. Why are the nets disembodied? Why am I, the audience, not allowed to know who captured him if you're just going to tell me, like, two scenes later, who captured him? That's a good point. Like, I still don't know who she is when we see her, but they're just leaving her a mystery, I guess? Yeah. What what about him made you think he was obnoxious? Was it the singing about the stuff he was doing? That was bad. He also, like, talked to himself a lot in, like, a voice that wasn't great. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna... I'm gonna pull up a chair and sit down for a while, and I'm just gonna talk about this. 
wh- how come <laughs> there is no decent animal sidekick in these movies? It and they have so many. You would think one of them would like strike the mark. Yeah. Well, or just like wouldn't be terrible. The one that's like I think the next I, movie we get a good one. We do that one. That one's actually a lot of fun, and he's like the only redeeming thing in the he, movie. He legitimately owns in a way that surprised me. <laughs> But for this movie, we have we're talking four animal sidekicks in one movie, and all of them are bad. And here's something else you need to understand: we've watched four of these movies. Jean Bob has been getting worse and worse as we go on. He was kind of annoying in the first movie, and then in the second movie, they just made him shitty, and they're gonna keep doing that. He keeps getting worse. Like he he, it's really awful. <laughs> I think at some point, I think this was the movie where somebody just went, oh, he's Pepe Le Pew, and then just wrote him that way. Except he's not Mm. funny. It's just sexual harassment. There is no comedy. Well, I think the reason Pepe Le Pew is funny is because doesn't he get the shit beaten out of him a lot? Yes. Yes, he does. Okay. We cut from this uh, mocking. This mockingbird does have a name, by the way. Yeah, it's um, Wizard. Which is a bad name. Did not I did not know that until just now when I looked at it on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, he has a name. That's nice. Yeah, there's a scene where, like, the the uh, Puffin says it, like, a lot. And so I picked it up. <laughs> you were, But isn't that, like, halfway through the movie? <laughs> no, it's most of the way through the movie. Yeah, and so it's like, that. now's a great time to learn. Like, the first half of my notes, I'll refer to it as the bird. I think I just call him the bird the whole time. So yeah. they're putting together, we cut to the castle and we're putting together this like erector set obstacle course and singing. A, and then th- this is something that they, I caught. They're singing the most foreboding song. It's so because, like. Because they say it doesn't get any better than this. Which I, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, like, that's such a weird like, is no one in the kingdom like, maybe things could be better? Maybe things could be, like, a little bit better than this. <laughs> like, uh, than putting up a fucking obstacle course for he, for fucking Festival Day? Like, they couldn't even come up with a fucking fake festival name. They just called it Festival's Day. Here's, here's the other thing that you guys have to understand. This is another seven-minute song. <laughs> It's so long, and it's all chorus. There's no... And you know what? You know what? I'm gonna say it again, because I said it the first time. Bold fucking move. Right? Like, it's not It's not even... I don't think it's a bad song, but the, like, slapstick cartoon comedy is, like, really boring. The problem with the slapstick cartoon comedy is not only is it not very well, like, choreographed... But also, all of these characters are like floating around the screen like a yeah. like a like a PowerPoint presentation, you know, like a kid who discovers in PowerPoint you can make things move. That's what these <laughs> characters are doing. They're just sliding around and floating to different places for seemingly no reason. It's also pretty clearly just a way to like reintroduce these characters, and the problem with that is, I have disliked these characters since that second movie. And, like, I used to like Odette. I remember liking Odette, and I can't stand her anymore. There is a point in this movie where I think Roger says that she brought culture to the kingdom. And I was like, what the f- What? Was this her idea? Is that what you're telling me? That Festival's Day was her idea? And before this, nobody had even fathomed celebrating anything? What does that mean? What culture did she bring? Because as far as I'm concerned, 
the only thing that the only cultural difference between Odette's kingdom and uh, Derek's kingdom is that Derek's mom is still around and Odette's dad is fucking dead. Which is really weird because they never address the fact that they should really be living in that kingdom. Th- this kingdom has like an excess of castles, I think. There are three castles. There's the one Odette's supposed to be living in. Mm-hmm. There's the one Uberta lives in. And there's Swan Lake, which for some the fuck reason, they're still in. Oh, these dumb nerds. Oh, also, I gotta say, though, I wouldn't want to celebrate anything if my queen was Uberta. Are you kidding? Yeah, she... <sighs> she just sucks. I don't understand. Here's the thing. They should cut out some of these characters from these movies they should cut out his boring sidekick and they should cut out his terrible mob i need to emphasize that this movie is 71 minutes long like is it really this movie is 71 minutes long it is a hair's breadth over an hour it feels so it feels so much longer because the thing is is i agree with you but i'm thinking to myself but if they cut all of that stuff out you would have like a 30 minute pilot (laughs) it's not really a movie I guess it's still not a movie even with all this extra shit in it. It's just, it's longer. It's the length of a movie. It's an hour and ten, well, and they ten could, minutes. they could take the time to write an actual plot, maybe. I don't, I don't, whose job was that? Screenplay by, okay, Brian Nissen, who is one of the voice actors. Which one? I don't fucking know. Let me find out. Okay. Uh, oh, he's Derek. Oh, fuck that guy. Come on. <laughs> What? How come Derek's always the hero, even though he sucks? Oh, <laughs> God. There is a point right. in this movie. Th- th- right now, actually. Let's get there. So, I do want to point out that in the song Better Than This, they rhyme better than this with cease and desist. And that really stuck with me because that's such a, like, that's such a long shot rhyme, but they nailed it. Good <laughs> for them, I guess. I have such a weird love-hate a relationship with the music in these movies on the one hand the music in this movie isn't insulting it's the the music in the next movie is oh legitimately it's insulting bad it's so terrible it's all like synth pop christmas music it it really is it, it really feels like a movie that came out in the year it did <laughs> so so after we we go through this whole festival thing, we immediately cut back to uh, the evil sorceress who has kidnapped this mockingbird. Her who's... name is Zelda, Which... and that's the second bold move, right? I because the Legend of Zelda definitely existed. I think by the time this movie came out, for like twenty years, and so I wouldn't say it existed for twenty years, but it existed. Didn't it come out in the eighties? I think it came out in the late 80s, at okay, least a decade. Okay, when did this movie come out? 1998. Oh, I thought this was a 2001. No, okay. no, no, no. So, but that could be like 10 years. Yeah, it's definitely like almost 10 years. And I love her introduction because she just says her name like five times and then immediately <laughs> spells out all the reason she's doing anything for the rest of the movie in like two she seconds. Just- she just straight up does exposition, and also we're talking about the Forbidden Arts again. Again. Oh, 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 and and, and she talks. She talks about how she is, how she like, how she was the one who, like got Rothbart back on his feet. Yeah, that after <laughs> Rothbart was exiled, uh, she was like, "Hey, man, 
I have a new hobby for you. She was like his rebound girlfriend while he was in between trying to rule kingdoms. And they had literally the most boring supervillain breakup I've ever seen. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it's not great. So here's the thing. The, her plan, I get it. Her reasoning, I get it. Why does she need the bird? It's unclear. She has this really good magic that can, like, go get anything she wants. That she really doesn't appreciate. Yeah, because it's, like, it's, like, really fucking good. But she didn't use them to catch the bird. Here's the thing I love about Zelda. Mm -hmm. I kept comparing her to the old wizard in the other one. Yes. The Forbidden Arts is still the stupid orb. But yes. the thing that she wants is the notes, which makes so much more sense. I was so annoyed to find out that the magic thing in the last one was just, like, a circle that gave you magic. And, like, the notes is so much more... I, I don't know, it makes her more, like, intellectual. It makes her cooler. It does make me question where the old guy was, because she doesn't ever talk about him. Uh, Yeah. His whole role in everything seems a little suspect. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. Like, this movie keeps up the tradition of just, what if we did the plot of Swan Princess again? Uh, because that seems to be what every Swan Princess movie is, is what if we just did the plot of Swan Princess again? Yeah, we're four movies in, and that's what they keep doing. That's what they keep doing, and I'm 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 excited for when they don't do that. But I'm also like, you mean when she adopts a kid? Yeah, or has one. I don't know. I think I think we read ahead and found out she adopted. Well, I definitely didn't read that far ahead. I thought you told me. No, I just told you it. that there is a child. <laughs> like she anyway. is on the cover of a DVD. I don't know what that child's status is. I think she's also a swan princess. Anyway, she kidnaps. she's kidnapped this bird. She wants him to use his ability to... Mimic people. Mimic people to find out where the notes that Rothbard had that were her notes were. Mm -hmm. So she could go get them. Yes. And, you know, get, get all that magic that she wants. Yes. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Definitely not the worst villain we've seen in this series. No. Uh, the bird decides to go to Swan Lake and the castle, not the not the not the amazing ballet, unfortunately, and spies on everybody and is able to, through bits and pieces, realize that uh, Derek and Rogers have discovered Rothbart's notes. Yeah, yeah, and I fucking hate that because Derek's like. Pfft. I know what I'm doing. And no, you fucking don't, Derek. You brain-dead moron. Here's the thing, right? Is if you knew what you were doing, those notes would have been fucking burned to a cinder the moment you saw them. Oh, my fa he, he delivers the best line ever. He's like, even if somebody found the notes, they never figure them out with my help. Look at the fucking genius over here. Ugh. And we later found out it's because he tore off a single word. Yeah, but in the moment, it makes you feel like he's the only person in the kingdom who can decipher magic, which fucking... Uh, <laughs> they just really give him this personality that I do not enjoy. Yeah, he's 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 the worst. Oh, and also, he tells Odette, I would never put you in danger. 
Ah, oh, like we've just seen a movie where the whole movie was him putting her in danger, and yet here we are. Every movie is him putting her in danger. So here's uh. here's here's the big thing, right? Is who's at the castle right now? Because nobody in this entire scene is at the castle. They're all in like a field somewhere, putting together this giant like festival. Giant. I say giant in quotation marks. There's like seven people at this festival. It's like a it's like a quieter Ren Fair. It's like a it's like a it's like a very sad Ren Fair where no one showed up except for the people who put it together. Aw. Who's gonna buy the fantasy books from a local author? Yeah, poor guy. Th- there's a brief scene here where the, the frog is like working out and he has abs, by the way, and that scene is disgusting. A frog yeah, with human abs frog. is horrifying, and I I wish he was dead. <laughs> That's so quotable. We should put that on your tombstone or something. <laughs> Frogs with abs are disgusting. A frog with human abs is disgusting, and I wish he was dead. <laughs> well, add it to my long list of epitaphs. At this point, um, Wizard is discovered by the Puffin, whose name escapes me. It's Puffin. Is it just Puffin? Yeah. Oh, all right. Isn't that, like, really depressing, actually? Doesn't? Because, yeah. Like, the, the more movies we go through where we have to go, yeah, his name's Puffin, it's like, come on. You guys can't give us anything. Like, like Sergeant Puffin or something? Commander Puffin? At least give him a rank. Does the turtle have a name, by the way? The turtle has, like, a non... Is, like, a non-character at this point in the movie series. Yeah, he's really... I guess Speedy. he's supposed to... It, it's like speed. Yeah, and I guess he's supposed to be sort of a foil for Jean-Bob, but it never really gets across. Jean-Bob doesn't have a foil. He just sits around and, like, says shitty things. And then, like, uh, uh, Puffin and Speedy are just kind of like, uh, who are those two Muppets? Statler and Waldorf? Yes, they're like his Statler and Waldorf, his own personal, like, entourage of people telling him that he sucks. I maybe, but you have to understand that also they're not funny. No, but also they're not. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you got to be careful because that also that also uh, would make Jean Bob Kermit, and I I have to again say that Jean Bob is not funny. <laughs> yeah, he's not funny. You are right. Although that does make my metaphor a little apt because Jean Bob is a frog. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a disgusting um, frog with abs. Well, there, there's like an aerial chase sequence, and uh, the the the, right. the mockingbird escapes. Yeah, having found out where the notes are, so he's going back to tell Zelda. And so Zelda comes up with an even more brilliant plan, which is that she is going to disguise herself as a a racial caricature. Yeah, but like a racial caricature that that um. It's hard to find really offensive, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's definitely not like an offensive... I don't know about... I don't know. Maybe somebody finds it offensive. I definitely didn't enjoy it. (laughs) Like, I found it offensive, but that's not because it was, like, offending me. It's just because I had to be there as it happened, you know? Yeah. There's this uh, short sort of subplot where Rogers is trying to convince Derek to apologize to Odette for keeping the evil magic that was used to turn her into a swan and kill her dad in the castle. That subplot lasts about two seconds. Well, but here's the thing. He's like, but why should I apologize? I'm right. And then he sings a song about how he loves her 
And that's why he should apologize. Not because he's definitely wrong. He's definitely wrong, and that's why he should. Yeah, fucking miss me with he, this like, misogynistic he, like, shit. Like, comes to the conclusion that he should apologize just because she's mad. And not because he's wrong. And he is objectively wrong. Also, yeah. he I, I do want to point out, like, just for the sake of the listener, he never apologizes. Like, we get to a point in the movie where he is shown to be wrong like five times over but he still doesn't say sorry for fucking up that badly Derek's like a real creep like that was already kind of true in the first movie but it seems like it seems like in this one he's like a real creep yeah I also do want to point out that the Swan Lake is more of a pond it was definitely a lake at first like in the next movie the the geography of the entire castle is laid bare like a like a mm-hmm. bad christmas that's not swan lake decoration yeah it they is spend all they spend most of the movie at the other castle no but at the beginning of the movie we fly over swan lake oh do we okay yes we do and that lake is very small okay and then in in this movie they're constantly just running along the top of it also there's no rivers leading into the lake so it's not a lake. Is that how lakes are defined? Yes, a lake. Yes, that is exactly how a lake. If, if otherwise, it's just still gross water. Maybe there's an underground river that feeds into it. Have you ever come across a still water pond? They smell disgusting. That kingdom must smell fucking rank. Maybe that's why the castle was abandoned. I shouldn't get mad at this, like... At the lake? Yeah, at this, at this point, 20-year-old movie for not having a proper geographical topography for this kingdom. But I'm just so mad about this lake, and I, for no, I just, I just, maybe because it's something, like, I can talk about in a way that's tangible. A lot of the reasons why I'm mad at this movie is just because it's bad, but you can't just say that it's bad. Well, I'll tell you why it's bad. The queen gets a subplot. Oh, right, fuck. This awful, awful character. She has a subplot where she wants to dance, she wants to secretly dance as not the queen, so that she can get a, a trophy... What does she want to do to Tango? Yes. She wants to do it with Rogers. And this is a whole thing because Rogers is now completely fallen for Zelda. By the way, Zelda has conned Rogers into giving her a tour of the castle. And Rogers is one of two people who knows where her notes are. So, like, good for her, I guess. So, here's the thing, right? She uses her real ass name. She does. Which makes me realize that nobody knows who she is. Including Bridget, who definitely should? Yeah, it's crazy. Because Bridget is a reformed villain who worked under Rothbart. Like, there's no reason that she shouldn't know who Zelda is. Except that they, I guess, decided she doesn't. So, at this point, Derek goes and apologizes to Odette. Makes And then Odette's like, we should burn them tonight. And then Derek says, nah, we'll burn them after the festival. Why wait? Yeah, like, wh- how long How long does it take to burn some notes? Right? Like, it, you make a night of it. Make some dinner and just burn them together. Like, have it be romantic if you want. But he, like, he like acts like it'll take so much time. It's like you can't light a match. Like, just do it right. Fuck it, dude. Just pull them out and do it in front of her right now. That would have been a romantic gesture. Anyway, he doesn't. <laughs> At this point, yeah, he doesn't, obviously. At this point, somebody calls Zelda an accordion slave, and I still don't know how I feel about that. 
Uh, I mean, I don't... Hmm. Like, definitely not good. Okay. I guess I'm wondering, is that bad? I just don't like it. I don't like how casually... Because it's not... They don't emphasize it. Somebody just says, like... I think it's the queen is like, uh, like, why are you sad about the accordion slave? And I was like, whoa, this feels like a little, a little much. Okay. For this like dumb, happy kids movie to just kind of call somebody an accordion slave. It's just the way you say accordion slave. Like the more you say the words accordion slave together, the more it sounds like a racial slur I may not have heard of. I don't know. I just know that I personally don't like the words accordion slave. I think maybe what it is is that accordion is such a long, ridiculous word to put in <laughs> front of slave. Slave is much more grounded than the word accordion. And it's also very, like, it's very short. It's to the point, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it, it's a bad thing. <laughs> and so to just put it after this really long, meandering word that doesn't really mean anything and... Let's face it, isn't really an instrument. Uh, um, <laughs> right, I shouldn't wow. say that. I don't know anything about it. I'm sure accordion guess, is a beautiful instrument. I guess instrument. we'll say goodbye to our Polish listeners. It's just accordions are loud. And I don't know if you've ever heard anybody play an accordion at 7 o'clock in the morning, but it really just ruins any hope you had of being asleep. I enjoy the musical stylings of Weird Al, so I'm not sure if I can weigh in on this. Is Weird Al known for playing the accordion? Yeah, dude. Oh. I think in every one of his albums, there is a polka version of pop songs. Huh. It's like a mashup. I'll send you the Hamilton one. I'll send you the Hamilton one. I thought he was famous for, like, playing the sax. No. You can't sing while playing the sax. How would you, how would you do the lyrics? I, I, you could do one and then do the other in post. Although I guess... I don't know anything about I don't know anything about him, my dude. I, I think there is somebody weird Al Yankovic adjacent who plays the sax though, right? I'm, I mean, I'm sure you can. The sax is not an inherently funny instrument though. I think it is. No, it's like a sexy instrument. What no, are you but about? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess it is. Anyway, Zelda steals the notes while everybody's asleep. And Roger and leaves Rogers a note that just says, I hate you, goodbye. And he is that was, destroyed. This was the funniest moment in the movie for me. Like, I I think I actually laughed at her letter where he's like, Oh, maybe maybe she meant something else, and he reads it out loud, I hate you, goodbye. yeah there's no other meaning in that one my dude that's not even long enough to put a secret code in and then there's this doo-wop song oh i hate this doo-wop song so much i love this doo-wop song it's so terrible it is i think But it's like it's like i wonder if it's supposed to be this bad because it's like so hilarious and like no words rhyme and and it's like i feel like I feel like it's trying to be like a sad Elvis song and failing so spectacularly. It's just so, and it's like every song in this movie, it's just so long. And then there's a point where he's singing to her disembodied head. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like, I think at that point I was like, I needed to be done. I needed this movie to end 
Because really? I needed to process this. Like her head rises up over the horizon. This was my this was my favorite part of this movie. The imagery was so over the top. The music was so dumb. It was great. I it it like it was like sandpaper on my soul, dude. I hated every second of it. From the moment it began to the moment it ended. Take your joy where you can get it, I guess. It was great. Everybody should listen to that doo-wop song. <laughs> but you know, just watch that part of the movie. Yeah. Actually, see if you can get a clip where it has the letter bit first. <laughs> I really also like that letter bit. I think we come back to Zelda, right? Yes, we do. And she is telling the bird that she's going to let him go for the second time. But then she realizes that, oh, there's a piece of the notes missing. Okay, well, here's the thing about this that I feel like I need to step in and mention. Yeah. She has the power to cre- to change yeah. and the power to create. Yes. But she wants the most powerful thing, the power to destroy. Now, changing and creating are way, way harder than destroying. Yeah, no, I was on the same boat. I was like, that's, those are the ones you want. Like, you could create things that destroy things or change things in such a way that they destroy things. And she said that her magic could kill the, could kill Wizard already. So, like, what does she need with the power of destroying? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. And, and and also, also important, she wrote those notes. She's missing the last one word. It's a single word. She could figure that out. Even if it takes her a little while, it's not going to take her more than a couple days to remember the thing that she wrote a few years ago when she can read up on it right now. Also, the power to change is, as established, like, very overpowered. It's so grossly overpowered. You could turn people into swans with that shit. I feel like she doesn't need the power to destroy. That's more than she needs. Maybe that's just us. Maybe we have, like, like maybe we have a, a weird understanding of magic that these writers didn't have. Okay, but look at it this way. You know, in, like, Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. You can get damaging moves from the jump. Mm-hmm. Magic missile. I feel like it takes a while before you can change somebody into something else. When do you get, like, polymorph? Yeah, I don't, like, I'm just, like, shooting from the hip here, but I do think that's, like, a level 4, level 5 spell in the current edition. See, that seems like a while. Destroying seems way easier. Also, you can do what Rothbard did and change yourself into a big monster and kill people like that. Mm -hmm. Or turn other people into swans and kill people like that. Or turn other people into fish. And hey, they're not in water. Oh, that's a good point. Or they are in water. What are they going to do now? They're of the fish. water? Actually, fish can be pretty fucking scary, man. They'll slap you. Maybe turn them into a small fish. Uh-huh. Like a... Or like shrimp. And then like... And then create like an oven and stir fry them. And have Who's a delicious gross. little shrimp scampi. Well, they're shrimp. They're not people. I think when you kill something that's changed, it changes back to its original form. I remember that happening with Odette. Didn't she turn from a swan into a human? No, she just fucking dies. The first time? Are you sure? Okay. Yes, I don't remember. It doesn't. It it, it doesn't matter. We're getting slightly off track. She sends her weird magic. Her like again, pretty cool magic that she doesn't seem to appreciate. She doesn't appreciate it. Let's be real. She doesn't have to get up out of bed. So I don't know if we defined it. It's She has like a search and retrieve magic. She shoots out this green stuff and it takes anything she wants and then brings it to her. It's fucking great. 
that it's a super dope mechanic i would be fine with just that it's like what if having the force was way cooler what if the force was also like green fire that you could see yeah what if it was though anyway um she sends she sends those green things after odette odette gets to have like kind of a cool wagon chase this chasing is is pretty dope and i like how it ends Uh uh-huh this chasing could have been like the climax of the movie because it's it's pretty it's way better than the climax of the movie she also that horse definitely died I guess it did, yeah. I was really bummed while watching it, though, because I was like, man, this is a good chase sequence, but Jean-Bob's definitely going to be kidnapped with her, so I'm going to have to put up with this frog for a while. And I was right. I don't understand why Jean-Bob keeps getting all the subplots in these movies. It's so weird, because I can't be the only one who thinks of him as... The worst. The least likable character. The turtle has no character. He's just a turtle. I would like a subplot with him. I don't even care what it would be. Like, just him trying to make a soup or something. I don't give a shit. I w- hey, I would actually really like that. What kind of Imagine a soup would a turtle Imagine just a turtle make? trying to make a soup. Turtle soup. That's maybe a bit dark. Yeah, that is really dark. Why would he do that? Why would you do that? Maybe some kind of cabbage soup or something. Anyway. Ooh, that actually sounds like it would be pretty good for a turtle. Turtles Doesn't can't it? eat much. Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, leafy greens is basically it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a lemony snicket bit, <laughs> and I don't know why. All right, Zelda kidnaps uh, kidnaps Odette and starts singing her villain song. Oh, and this villain song is. I think I like this villain song. You know what? Me too. To the point where I was like, so this Zelda has a passable singing voice so i googled her voice actor whose name is katcha zak she has an imdb page with one credit what as an actress and one credit for the soundtrack and both of them are swan princess mystery of the enchanted treasure so this is the only thing she did i don't think yeah i don't think she did any other music i don't think she did any other tv shows or movies or anything there's nothing like known about her it is fascinating i see these are the people that interest me are the people who come in and do like one thing and then they're just gone like the guy who was go (laughs) go ahead if you go into the richard rich wiki it claims she is a retired dutch american actress who voices Zelda, but I'm not sure if you can call her retired if she never actually worked as an actress. Well, she worked on one movie and then she called it. She was like, I'm done. This is my magnum opus. I'm retired. Coming out on top. Fuck yeah. But yeah, no, like, the, the she nails the song. It has, it has like, this kind of, like, butt rock tone that I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't last overly long. It's got a purpose. And stuff is happening. Here's my favorite thing about the song, is that stuff, stuff is, is happening, happening yeah. while she's singing it. It's, I think it's the best villain song we've heard so far in this, sorry, in this series. <laughs> yeah, in this franchise. It's really good. I remember not liking the Rothbart villain song, even though I really liked the animation that went along with it. Yes. Which, if you remember, was him conjuring and then beating up all the heroic characters. Yes. Good imagery, bad lyrics. And I hated the other guy's villain song, which was... (laughs) 
in which he summons the shape of a guitar. Yes. And starts playing it. Also good imagery, bad lyrics. Uh, but like, I, yeah, I, I actually really like Zelda's, which is interesting because again, don't know anything about her, can't find anything about her. Just this. And so, so, and this is the thing about Zelda that I like as a villainess. She she shows up, she has her point, and then she does the thing. Her methods of doing the thing are questionable, but she like sticks to her plan. There's no improvising on her part for most of the movie, mm-hmm. and it works out pretty well for her. Only because Derek is a huge dumbass, but it's that's she accounted for it, so good for her. Uh, yeah, not bad. And then she turns Odette into a swan because Odette can't leave the fucking house without turning into a swan. We are like, I want to say 30 minutes away from the end of this film. And the name needs to make sense. (laughs) Yeah, and it needs to be called Swan Princess for a reason. Also, at this point, the bird, because she alters the terms of the deal uh, for a third time, and the bird has to go and do something again. I don't know. He, he's got to go to the castle for some reason. Oh, he has to deliver the note because she just kidnaps Odette and no one knows that she's kidnapped. So she oh. has to let them know. It seems like she could have sent her green fire to deliver that note. Ah, who knows? But she she tells the bird to do it. And so the bird does it. Derek is like, Odette's been kidnapped. What? And then he goes and tries to do whatever the fuck he does. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, Wizard is won over by a song. From the penguin and the... Oh, this is... I I, I was so afraid. Uh-huh. Because I didn't remember. I was like, are they going to fucking sing No Fear at me again? I was ready to, like, punch my laptop. And then they didn't. But then they, they kept do. saying No Fear in the song, and I was so mad. Yeah. It's, it's No Fear-based, but it's not No Fear. The funny thing about that song is, is that the Puffin's the lead... And the turtles, the like background voice. Mm-hmm. Except once we hit a choir segment, there is no baritone. It's just puffin and like echo. So the turtle just, I assume, just doesn't, just doesn't work his part when it comes to the full chorical parts of this song. He's like, I'll take a back he's, seat. Oh, let's the turtle. What do you fucking want from this? I want him to participate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't ever hear a good baritone in a chorus. Probably because they would steal the show. Anyway. Derek. At this point, I wrote, this movie is torture. Oh, Derek. Dirk. Derek is... More like dork-ick. Hilarious. Derek is the dumbest person. He is such an idiot. Um, And he will always, always fall for the strange woman wearing his wife's skin trick. (laughs) When you put it that way, it makes it sound like they're just kind of warbling around with the flesh on kind of loose. Yeah. But the funniest (laughs) thing about that is, so what happens is Zelda goes up to him as Odette and says she got away. And then he shows her the note and she like grabs it. And then she calls him out at the exact same time I did for falling for that nonsense. And I was like, oh man, this movie's actually great because it knows Derek's a moron too. Well, it was written by Derek's voice actor. Yeah, well, I assume that's why he got a whole song about how he didn't want to apologize to his wife. <laughs> Lotta, I feel like we could read into that guy's marriage right there. <laughs> why do I have to apologize to my wife? 
Um, the size of the tear, by the way, keeps changing. Like, the first time we see the tear, it's like kind of the corner of the book. But by the time the page tear, the torn page gets attached back to the book, it's like half the page. Eh, whatever. There is no consistency. It's probably different departments. Who cares? But but we're coming up to an action scene, and the animation an action cuts look scene a lot worse during the action scenes. I can't remember when was Odette put in the death bubble. Uh, after she tries to escape during the musical, she gets turned into a swan and get immediately gets put in the death bubble. Ah, uh, okay. So Zelda did have the power to make a death bubble. Yes. But not that that's different from the power to destroy. Yes. This movie's dumb. Yeah, oh yeah. Andy? <laughs> oh, really? Are we? We're 54 minutes into this recording and you are now realizing this. Like, I knew this movie's dumb, but I wish it was, like, internally consistent. Consistent? <laughs> <sighs> I don't know what you want, man. That's so bad. She shouldn't be able to kill somebody with magic. She should have, like, genie rules, you know? Mm-hmm. From Aladdin. Um... <laughs> Yes. You know, from Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, that, that way, or from Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar. Mm-hmm. Or way, Aladdin 3. No, not Aladdin 3. I'm thinking specifically Aladdin 2 because Jafar's there as a genie and he can't kill anybody. Oh. Okay. It's because I think Aladdin 3 is the one with his dad. It is the one with his dad. Okay, cool. I remember... I don't. I remember reading on Twitter somebody listing like Disney characters that they thought were hot, and I think Aladdin's dad was on there. And I was like, "Really, Aladdin's dad?" Aladdin's Aladdin's dad just looks like a like a chubby. Um, oh gosh, who's who's the guy from Gargoyles? Who's the bad guy in Gargoyles? I don't know. Xanatos. I thought I was going to say Keith Richards or Keith. Uh, oh, what's his name? Keith. But he's the main character. The uh, is Keith David. Keith it- David. Is Xanatos? No, I mean the, I mean the, uh, the human villain. The, yeah, not the, not the actor, the actual, the, 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 uh, the character. The I think it is something name, like Xanatos or Xanator. I, I have googled it. The character's name is Xanatos, and if you Google Xanatos and then you Google Aladdin's dad, they look like the same guy after twenty years, and maybe Aladdin's dad's a bit chubbier. Or he's wearing looser clothing. It's unclear. I think it, it might just be like a looser clothing aesthetic, but who knows? So this action scene happens. If you could oh, call I'm sorry. It that. I was talking about Aladdin's dad. So this action scene happens where... Uh, now, uh, now, they, wait. They, I believe I would like to continue our conversation about Aladdin's dad. Do, why? No reason. I found a picture on DeviantArt of just a bunch of Disney dads standing together. So that's something that exists. Okay, why don't you link me to that? Just because now that I know it exists, I kind of have to look at it. Uh, sure. It's not like terrible or anything. It's just like... Is it? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't honestly didn't care about the quality of the artwork. It could be like a Renaissance style piece or just stick figures. Yeah, I mean, it's closer to stick figures than Renaissance style. <laughs> I, okay, I don't recognize. Is that the dad from Tarzan? I think he's a dad from um, Underwater Movie. Atlantis? No, Atlantis. that's not him. No, 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 no. Not the... Oh, you... that. Okay, this guy up in the corner with the suspenders? Yeah, because I don't that recognize him. That might be Tarzan's dad. Huh. Huh. 
Why is he there? I don't know. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, some of these guys are dead. Dead dads don't count. Actually, none of these guys are dead. I was going to say, I thought all of them were pretty much still alive. I guess they're alive. not. At least by the end of their respective movie. Does the Atlantis guy survive? Oh, no, he dies in the middle of that movie. Never mind. Like at the okay. climax, he biffs it. I can't remember Atlantis because even when I was like younger, it was like weirdly uncomfortable to watch. I think my problem with Atlantis is I always fell asleep while watching it. I've definitely seen the whole movie, but in like chunks. It's boring and also problematic. Uh, definitely some of Michael J. Fox's best voice work, though. Like Milo Thatch is a efficient character. Can I talk about this action scene now, or do you want to talk about Aladdin's dad some more? I don't want to cross any yeah, lines. Yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> so this action scene happens, and the the kind of the flow of the scene is first they they get Odette to escape from the from the death bubble, right. You can, like, throw a rock in to make a hole. Yeah. Derek kind of, like, shoves his sword in the air and runs in a direction and then is immediately disarmed. The The bird imitates Rothbart because he Which knows what Rothbart sounds like. I call foul on because huh, he definitely nice. never heard Rothbart. Good pun. You call yes. foul? Yes, foul and foul. I'll pretend I meant to make that pun. Yeah, I assume he heard his voice during Zelda's flashback. That's during my, the flashback, my reasoning. That's the only time <laughs> that he interacts with Rothbart in any way in this movie. Which begs the question: Why does Zelda need him if she can do voices that well? Right. So he distracts her, and so Derek doesn't get killed. And then she fires a Death Seeker at Odette, and then. Finally, Derek gets up and, like, tries to kill her, and he breaks the wand, but not before Odette gets murdered as fuck, and she dies. She's utterly destroyed. Oh, no. How sad. And then Derek gets real sad about it, and he starts breaking some rocks with his sword, because maybe, and maybe next time he'll destroy the evil magic shit the moment he finds it, because he doesn't put his wife into danger. (laughs) But... And then we get to my uh, least favorite part of the movie. You mean just like the dumbest? I'm. I tried to think of a dumber plot device than this, and I can't. It's so unsatisfying. It might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen, just as far as storytelling goes. There's nothing. It just. They just gave up. They just gave up. Like they, they, they wrote themselves into this corner, and instead of going, all right, what if instead of killing Odette, she barely makes it out alive? Because that's that will be satisfying. Why do they think they need to kill Odette all the time? It's really hard for Odette to survive a movie. And and every time she dies, she just comes back stronger. <laughs> like she's she's looked death in the <sighs> eye at least three times. I mean, sure, she comes back stronger, but I'm afraid she's bringing something with her. That's probably why Rothbart can come back in the next movie. (laughs) No, he can come back because of this other mystical item that's just lying around in this fucking castle. That seems to be lying around in the other Other castle? castle? Yeah, I don't know. So what happens is they set this... uh, 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 Derek sets this... uh, The papers. the, The plans on fire. All it is is notes for how to make a magic thing. 
Mm-hmm. It's not even a magic thing. Right. It itself is not magic. It's notes to do magic. He sets it on fire, and then the fire turns into this, like, phoenix. It's a swan. I know, Tony. but, like, it's made of fire. <laughs> it turns into a fire swan, which at well, first I thought... Well, it's a rebirth scene, so I was thinking, like, a phoenix sort of thing. You no, it's... I, I know listen, I know that you know what symbolism is and that I know what symbolism is. And we both know that phoenixes exist in myth. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, these guys just thought, fire swan. <laughs> That'll explain everything. Magic? That explains everything. Odette just comes back to life. And that's like the end of the movie, but there's still like 10 more minutes of shit that happens. Because uh, this movie has to be over an hour long. They they do the the what do they call it festival day stuff and we are introduced to the best character in the entire movie, Rock Chuckney. <laughs> His name is Rock Chuckney, and I love that name so much. He's not a okay. Well, here's the thing: he's not a good character. Oh no, he's, he's not a good name. He's not even a That's... character. I just love the name Rock Chuckney. Rock Chuckney is a great name. I mean, he sounds like... If I wrote an episode of Psych and I needed to have a character That's who a was good like one. an yeah, 80s action star... That's a Psych name. Yeah, his name would be Rock Chuckney. And, Rock and Chuck. he would be, uh, he would be uh, Gus's like favorite 80s action star. It also kind of sounds like a Friends of the Table name. Definitely. For like Bluff City or something. Anyway. At, a, at just a hair over an hour long... The movie finally ends with 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 Odette telling Derek, asking Derek to promise her that that he will never allow anything magical to happen in their kingdom ever again. To which Derek says, I can't promise that because as long as you're here, it'll always be magical. And like, I get that he's trying to be romantic, but hey, dumbass, still promise her, though, and then also say sorry she died like three times because of you, you your dumb, your stupid, dumb bullshit, dumb stupid magic shit. So like maybe maybe of, apologize though. In, instead of like flirtily skirting the promise, you just say out loud, "Sure thing, babe. I won't kill you again. I, I won't. I won't be a bystander to your imminent death for a fourth time." Which which he isn't. To be fair. To be fair. He keeps that promise. Technically. I'm really excited to talk about this next movie. It's Swan Princess 3 is boring and not well put together, but at the end of the day, it's kind of just exists. Yeah, it's like, it's like fine. I had to watch it twice and I didn't hate everything. But, oh man, this next movie. I would describe... A Swan Princess Christmas, which is, again, a very boring title. Mm-hmm. I would describe A Swan Princess Christmas as a movie with hills and valleys. And those... There's those, some I there's would, some hills. I would, I would say hills and deep, deep canyons. Deep, deep valleys. There are, like, two hills, and the, there's, like, the Grand Canyons in between them. There are moments when I thought this movie could not get any lower and then something else happens or I or I see something else that just blew me away. Yeah, it's astounding. So here's my first problem with it, if you're ready to get into it. Okay. 
I want to I want to briefly just throw some trivia at you. Yeah, hit me. Is there okay. trivia for this one? There is. So, okay, 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 okay. So, first of all, this movie came out in 2012, so that's like a good 14 years after Yes, the third I remember cuz we looked this up once, and we're like, why did this happen? And I don't think we ever got a definite reason. I don't think there is an answer for why this happened, but know that it did. <laughs> okay. So the voice of Derek in this movie is a guy named Yuri Lowenthal. You know who Yuri Lowenthal is because he's the voice of... of if there is a Russian dude in a video game or a cartoon, he is that guy. Or if you just okay. if you want like a, like a kind of like a broody bad boy... He's that guy or a child. He is that guy. So I'm just going to run you down real quick the, 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 some of his most famous things that he's known for. He's Sasuke in Naruto. I don't know who that is. He's Ben Tennyson in Ben 10. That's the main character, right? Yes, it is. I assume. He, I <laughs> I've never hope seen it, so. but his name's Ben Tennyson. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have seen Ben 10. It was one of my little brother's favorite shows when he was a kid. So I have seen Ben 10. Yes, he's the main character. Okay. He voices the prince in the Prince of Persia game. He voices Alucard in Castlevania. He voices multiple characters in the Persona series. Peter Parker in the Spider-Man game. The new one? Yeah. Oh. That's interesting because you know what? We talked about this a little... I can't remember if we just talked about it or if it was on the podcast. But Laura Bailey... Yes. ...is Odette in this one. Yes, she is. And she's MJ... In the Spider-Man game. So we have here we have two very high-profile voice actors in what I can only call the easiest dollar they've probably ever <laughs> made. But here's the best part is that Yuri so Yuri Lowenthal plays Derek. Can I will give you two guesses as to who wrote this movie. No fucking way. I written by Yuri Lowenthal. <laughs> That's astounding. You wrote this. When did this start happening? When did somebody say that's okay? And I I need to go to Yuri Lowenthal's IMDb. When did they say they're going to hire somebody to play Derek and then say, why don't you just do the script too? Have you written things before? No. Has he? I'm checking. Okay. Actor, 673 credits, my guy. Wow, damn, good He job. has 14 credits as a writer. Uh-oh. Most of this seems to be television. Anything recognizable in there? Um, I don't recognize any of I, I He wrote an episode of Ben 10, the Omniverse. Okay. He wrote, an ep- he wrote uh, one episode of a show called Shelf Life. I haven't heard of it. He wrote... He was a contributing writer to multiple shorts, but it seems to me that the only movie he ever wrote was The Swan Princess Christmas. That is astounding. I am blown away. I, I If I ever... Here's the thing. is Yuri Lowenthal is a frequent convention goer. If I ever go to a convention and meet him, I'm going to ask him questions about this movie. I need you to, like, turn your phone on record if you do that. Just like because Mr. Lowenthal, I know it's been seven years, but you wrote The Swan Princess Christmas, <laughs> and I need everything you can tell me about that process, about what it was like working with the enigma that is Richard Rich. 
Was it like a was it like a ghost of Christmas future kind of a situation? Did he just appear to you and was like, "I need you to write this movie for me, Yuri." What's your opinion on whether or not it was just a tax scam? I think I need to watch one more CGI movie. Excellent. At this point, my thought it and I don't want to speculate. I'm sure Richard Rich is a decent human being who didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> That's the only way he could be a decent human being. Right now, my feeling is that in 1998, Richard Rich made the the, the third Swan Princess movie and then kind of went on with his life and then fell into incredible debt. <laughs> incredible debt. Like maybe he inherited it. I don't know. But he just needed something because he needed the money. And this was his answer. That's the only way I can explain the 14-year gap. I wanted to say that it might have been, it must have been bought by somebody else, but Richard Rich still has his name on this. He does. He slaps it on there. So, I don't know. Like, I don't... It doesn't make any sense. Uh, let's... I guess let's get into it. So... <sighs> oh, man, this movie. Ooh, this movie. Okay, here's, here's what I gotta do up top. I want to say the first thing is that we see... Jean Bob skating into scene and like during the title sequence and that was bad because already the 3D animation was hideous. It it is it is so immediately just bad. We learn later that Jean Bob is the worst rendered character maybe and i don't know why the animals look so much worse than the humans and the humans don't look good. The humans don't look good. But like the animals look so awful. The animals look I think what it is is just there's, like, a lack of detail on the animals. Like, they're all very smooth and plastic-looking. Do you know what Jean-Bob looks like? Uh, he looks like the Warner Brothers frog. No. I don't think so. I think what he looks like is... Do you ever see a Mucinex commercial? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a ball of phlegm. In the Mucinex commercial, that looks exactly like this cartoon frog. Hey, that Flem has a wife and kids. Don't bring him into this. <laughs> Don't compare that hard-working snot to this awful CGI monstrosity that I hate. So, really, the most ups- upsetting thing that happened early on in the film is that I didn't immediately hate it. Because I really, I I liked the setup of the uh, Christmas tradition. As far as fake Christmas traditions go, it's like... It's a good fake Christmas tradition. It's like pretty good. Um, but then I realized that the reason I didn't immediately hate the film was because Rogers talking to the screen on a black backdrop meant that I didn't really notice how bad the animation was. And when the actual movie started... It got so much worse so quickly. <laughs> I I will say this about Rogers standing in front of a black background, just narrating to the viewer. Bold framing device, very bold for like it's so like singles out him as like the objective truth of the movie, which is insanity. Which he's not. He is definitely not that. Also, he invented the light bulb in this universe. I don't know how I feel that's, about that. That's really weird. I don't think he was an inventor in the other movies. Nope. They just throw it in this one. I don't know why. 
Yeah, so that's weird. They haven't like that he's tinkering with stuff all the time, but he's never done that before. I will say though, with you, I'm I was with you. I did not hate this movie at this point. Right. Uh, so that that actually like that struck me uh, it kind of like unsettled me that I didn't hate it immediately. I, and then should we explain what the fake Christmas tradition is? Because yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to because it's interesting and also like really dark in one scene. Mm, yeah. In like in like one quarter, like like one millisecond. The tradition is at Christmas they build these ornaments that depict nice things people have done for each other over the past year and then they hang them on the royal christmas tree which is huge and that's that's just that's just it it's like a nice little tradition so your your ornaments mean something yeah and it's like and it's like a community thing so it's like that's like another added level of niceness now one of the things is Uberta comforting somebody at a grave, which is like a weird thing to hang on a Christmas tree. My first thought was, "Oh, Uberta killed that child, <laughs> that child's parents." My actually no, that's not true. My first thought was, "Oh, that's Uberta comforting Derek at their dad's grave, at his dad's grave." But it is not. But it's... it is not because it happened that year. Uh huh. So, Uberta definitely murdered that child's parents. I mean, it's possible. It's easily possible. So then, immediately, after I was like, wow, I don't hate this movie. You just get bitch slapped with this soft rock jingle song. Oh, like, right in the teeth. And it, like, and, like, I, immediately my 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 thoughts went from, all right, this is weird but interesting, to fuck this. This is the worst. I hate <laughs> everything about this movie i immediately i don't want to be the guy who says i hate christmas but i hate christmas like i hate the holiday i hate the reason for the season if anyone is waging a war on christmas it is me as a singular person i fucking hate that holiday 90 percent of that hatred is from the music this like weird like synth synth pop like genre of christmas music that we've been getting since like 2008 Mm-hmm. is the worst genre of music to me. It's pretty gross and bad. And it's uh, it's just so... F- like, it, it infests you like a virus. And this this, this movie is filled with it. Like, they, they, they aren't satisfied. There's not a song that isn't a synth-pop Christmas song. Everybody has, like, auto-tuned voices. Yeah. In a way that's, like, really obvious. And none of the characters are playing instruments and music does cut in whenever anybody starts singing which is usually fine but not when like they're singing like they're actually also you know what i mean like they're singing for concerts and somebody should be playing instruments if i'm hearing instruments it's not the the the, it's not a musical it's part of the plot of the movie it's not like when Simba starts singing, I just can't wait to be king, and suddenly music starts up, and I'm not suddenly, like, out of the movie, like, whoa, how'd that happen? Lions don't know how to sing. It's different, because it's, like, grounded in, we're setting up a concert. Or, like, people are singing Christmas carols because they're singing Christmas carols at Christmas, but there's, like, always bad music behind it. And, oh, you mean those four fucking quartet dudes? whose voices are magically auto-tuned, and also they get a background track while they're singing. Those guys are the guys who made me want to destroy Christmas, which I never wanted to do before. 
I, I I will say, like, this is a bad movie for me because I do not like Christmas movies for the most part. I think, like, I like one Christmas movie, and that's a Charlie Brown Christmas. A Muppet Christmas Carol. I like two Christmas movies. A oh, Charlie Brown really Christmas cool. and a Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, but other than that, like, the entire holiday, I could I could leave it. I don't really need it. I just hate it so much. I feel like I gotta step in here because you're being like a real bummer on our comedy podcast. No, I understand, but I think I need to just point out like my reason for hating this is both from like an anxiety perspective, like mm-hmm. the anxiety that comes with, oh, it's the season where I need to like prove that I like people by giving them things that they don't really want or need. Uh, but if I don't do it, I'm the asshole. And then, and then that ties into my hatred of just this consumerist culture. I'm not. I'm not going to try to pretend that Christmas is a religious thing. It has never been a religious thing. I think for me, the mm. religious part of Christmas happened like the Sunday before Christmas. Now that that's out of the way, <laughs> we can move on. Okay. So we meet number nine, who is the best character in this movie and has the coolest become name. My favorite character, um, and. What's great is that immediately, as soon as we see him, number nine's a black cat, and as soon as we see him, we hear Rothbart's voice, and that's when you—that's when you realize they're using the Christmas movie to reintroduce Rothbart. Yep, and it's such—it's the 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 thing that I genuinely love about this series is they keep on coming up with bad ideas and just going for it. I will say this. I am proud of Swan Princess for taking the fourth movie as their Christmas movie. Every other series, I think, has gone for the second one. Like, the second movie is our Christmas movie. Well, I don't think they were planning on doing a Christmas movie, but then 12 years later, I guess Santa Claus showed up 14 years later. So much life happened in those 14 years. Yes, 14 years is a ridiculously long time. Like, who is this movie for? What an excellent question. People who were kids when they watched Swan Princess? But now they have kids. And they want to show them this terrible movie that I guess they found in the dollar bin? They were like, oh, I remember Swan Princess. I, and it's Christmas, so let's, let's watch this with our five-year-old oh i my heart goes out to the parents who showed this to their like baby and this became the movie their baby got obsessed with for like a month because that because babies do that where they have to watch this movie or they're just awful so there is a person out there who did not realize that they were loading a gun and pointing it at their own head when they bought this movie so then the first thing i really hate happens the plan is for number nine to stop the cart with Derek and uh, and uh, Odette on it, I guess uh, so that he can catch a ride or something to the castle. Yeah. Okay? He does this just by sitting in front of it, but he ends up, like, frozen. Mm-hmm. And Derek and Odette, who are both heroic characters, like, make a joke about this frozen cat and leave it to die so they can make out. They don't... And we're going to talk about the kissing later, but it baffles my mind that these are supposed to be our heroes and they don't help a cat. If I saw a cat literally frozen, I would hug that thing. I don't even like animals that much. They seem to immediately decide that the cat is somehow villainous and also not a threat. Which is profiling. 
it's yeah, it's profiling because it's a black cat, literally. It's it's just like I don't get it. I like it's such a weird move. I do feel like we really skated over the fact that this cat is called Number Nine because that's the life he's on. Yes, actually, yeah, he's got one more life left, which is why he's made a deal with Rothbart to bring him back from the dead. Which is such a cool, first of all, cool lore, dude. Like, I love that. It's, it's really good compared to again every other and this movie. Animal character. This movie's gonna hit some some really low lows when it comes to their magic rules. But I love the fact that cats do have nine lives canonically. And that this cat remembers them, remembers those deaths vividly. I think he says something like seven of those deaths were for crossing people's paths. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that shit. That's some good writing. Good job, Yuri Lowenthal. Well, let's not give Yuri too much credit. Yet. Oh, don't worry. We'll take it away when we des- when we have to. I want to talk about this kiss that, that uh, Derek and Odette have. Okay. Be- because the CGI in this movie is not great true watching these two cgi models kiss was the most uncomfortable i've seen sonic kiss a human woman i have seen the fires of orion and battles off of neptune these two cgi models i have seen faces without skin mashing teeth together in assassin's creed this was the most uncomfortable kiss I have ever seen in my entire life. It was like watching two like slightly moist piles of Play-Doh slap against each other, and then they and then they had like a, a surprisingly wet kiss noise just overlaid on top of it. It was so gross to experience. If you got ASMR from any of that, you're a pervert. <laughs> from any of my or the movie, either. Either your description or actually hearing it. I think either would work. So, and there is so much kissing in this movie. There's a shocking amount of kissing because uh, you're right. The kissing's not any good. And kissing's already very hard to do in animation. Especially in CGI. And they don't make it. Mm, they, They don't make it. It's bad. It's, they don't even hit Uncanny Valley. They stop far no. short of Uncanny Valley. It's they, just they, bad. They don't get that far. It's just like bad and weird and gross. And boy, do they do a lot of... They, they show a lot of characters kissing. So Odette and Derek get to Uberta's castle because that's where they're going to celebrate Christmas. And Derek says that <sighs> during Christmas, there's actually two Ubertas. Regular Uberta and Christmas, Uberta. And for a brief moment, I was really excited that he was going to have twin moms. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But no, in fact, it just turns out that his mom is like is like, like a, a white suburban mom. And when Christmas comes around, she goes a little bit crazy. And that's the joke. Uberta being a bitch is not a crazy character change. Yeah, she kind of already sucks at. Like, she's kind of already <laughs> awful. It's just now she has an excuse for for why she's awful mm-hmm. that she never had before. God, I wish he had two moms. I'm not like as a like representation thing. I just wish his mom had split into like an evil and a good version on Christmas, but sure, only sure, on Christmas. Sure. Like, like, like blue Superman and red Superman. I get it. Yes, like that. What a weird pull, but exactly like that. 
we we also get another brief moment where Derek recognizes the black cat that's been following her around and refuses to help it again. Yeah, this dude sucks. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like in each movie, it's like Derek starts sucking more, and it's like super weird. <laughs> Derek really... always sucks. I. <laughs> I just really need you to understand the hilarity that comes from the phrase Derek's keeps sucking more. Look, man. Just that's that's your mind. That's your No, fault. you're a writer. You knew what you were doing. Alright, fine. I'll own up to it. Maybe I was trying to get an easy laugh because <laughs> well, it's gonna it. be hard. <laughs> because you can't bleed a rock, Andy. And we've been given a rock. So one good thing about CGI is that this castle is chock full of people. I guess that's nice. But also, other than people inside of this castle is a big-ass fucking box with a red R on it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? It's not even the right castle anymore for this to be in. (laughs) It is absurd! How do you miss this? (laughs) Okay. Okay, I don't want to talk about Rothbart and his ridiculously conspicuous secret chest yet. What I want to mention is there's this star. This extremely fragile star. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I hate most about this movie is that star never breaks. <laughs> well, no. Because I saw it and I was like, oh, fuck, that star's going to break. Right? And it didn't. It's a, it's a classic technique in uh, film, and I think it's called foreshadowing it's called using Chekhov's gun to shoot your own dick off <laughs> hey you man can't even break a damn star listen man you know how hard it is to make glass break in cgi they broke everything else that's true like it was this whole thing it could have just been gone in the fire but whatever anyway not to jump ahead sorry for the spoilers there's a fire <laughs> so at this point, Derek grabs a bow. I assume to kill the black cat. <laughs> because I think that at this point, him and the other guy whose name escapes me, his best friend. Oh, I don't remember his name either. Not LeFou. Not LeFou. Him, Derek and Not LeFou go to uh, LeFake. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> go, to, go to grab a Christmas tree from the woods. But not from the woods that are like right outside filled with trees. No, they're going they're going hunting through woods infested with I want to say ice cougars. Ice cougars, yes. And the castle's like right next to a forest. It's so fucking weird that they're doing this. Before we get to that though, we cut to the Odette's oh kind of subplot for this movie, which is that she has to put together a big musical number. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't jump to the musical number that she has to do, because I gotta talk about these first ones. Because oh. the first one is a garbage rendition of Tis the Season for garbage people. Mm-hmm. If anybody enjoys this, they're dead to me, and also the world. Yes. Because God would not let you survive. You you have to understand that you ha- if you admit to liking whatever that rendition of that song was that you have admitted to yourself that you've never felt love or joy or anything. 
And then the next one is like an episode of fucking Glee. These motherfuckers crossed their arms and stood back to back like they ended a 90s rap song. It was some in sync backstreet boys as early 90s pop ass sounding Christmas bullshit. I hated it's, every it's second of it. So awful there's a circle of hell where they play this movie i will say this though did you get like flashbacks to shrek while watching this i there were bits that were kind of shrecky but didn't shrek come out like years earlier than this yes and looked way better how do you fuck up this bad we get a real close-up of odette's face in this scene and there's two things that i need to talk about one is odette's eyes are like weirdly slanted not in like a racist way, just in like a, we forgot to, we, we didn't, we just kind of slapped eyes on this model and didn't adjust them kind of way. Like they're eye shapes, but for some reason they've been like rotated inwards by like 30 degrees. They're curved a little bit like somebody was messing with the character editor and forgot to Somebody stop went Monster Factory on her eyes. She's a little bit Monster Factory. She also has like a ton of makeup on. Yeah, which it's which might be fine, except I don't think she ever has as much makeup on in the other movies. Yeah, in the other movies, she has a very natural look. And there's a scene where she's in bed and still has all this makeup on. So like that was weird to me. But here's the thing that really got me: is she has like a shark's number of teeth in her mouth. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this. Everyone in this movie has so many teeth. It's too many teeth. The human mouth only has like what? 32 teeth? But she had all of that in the top row. It was I I felt scared like it was so many teeth. Do you know what upset me about this scene? Oh, dad has this long list of Christmas junk to do. Yes. And then Rogers and Uberta are like, you're going to do your own Christmas song and you're going to do everything with it. And frankly, they didn't give her enough time. And okay, I get it. Cause like they're already done with their thing. So they didn't get her enough time. So now she's stressed, but she died twice. Like at least, I think only twice. We said three times, but I don't think she died in the Castle Mountain one. She died twice. twice. This is not a stressful situation. Do you know how much of a fucking asshole I'd be if I died twice and come back? Nobody would be able to rely on me for anything. Yeah, what, what are they going to do? Kill are me? I died twice. twice. Also, uh, the 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 timeline is uh, utterly blown out of the water by this movie because this movie says it takes place only a year after the first movie. No. I choose to believe this took place a year after the first movie, and three times Odette has been turned into swans since then. And this has just been a bad fucking year. But also, they keep saying that this is Odette's first Christmas. I think it's Odette and Derek's first Christmas. Okay, because I was really confused, because for the beginning of the movie, they keep saying, this is Odette's first Christmas. I th- I think what they meant was in the in the okay. kingdom. All right, because like la- but there is a thing that happens later which does throw a wrench in that. Still, it's anyway, a lot. So let's jump over to this weird snowboard chase scene. Oh my god, that's right. This this was. I think this is where the movie hit like peak Shrek was when he brought out the snowboard. It's like it's like captured Tony Hawk Pro Skater gameplay. 
Except it didn't look as good, and I really wish I had those points at the bottom of the screen letting me know how good he was grinding. <laughs> like, oh, I would love, I want, I'm not a good video editor, but if I was, I would edit that entire chase sequence with the, like, point system at the bottom and the sound effects. Qua, Ah, that's some good content. He's just doing, like, flips for no reason. It's, like, really dumb. It's Derek on a snowboard. The fake on skis. And, uh... Number nine... I don't know why number nine's hanging around this bullshit. He's He's gotta get Derek to open Rothbart's chest. But he should've waited till he came home. Yeah, seriously. I think he got here by accident. He, like, ended up in Derek's bag. Yeah. Derek's bag that had, like, multiple knives in it? Like, what the yeah. fuck? Are you a serial murderer in your spare time? <laughs> Uh, all signs point to yes. You know what? I realized just now what the animation of this movie reminds me of. Do you remember that CGI Red Riding Hood movie? I think I do. I never saw it, but I very vividly remember, like, a poster or an ad of Red Riding Hood, her grandma, and the wolf, uh, where they're, like, standing in a police lineup. Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, it reminds you of that, huh? Yeah, it, it, vividly, because I have seen that movie. Also, I just looked up Red Riding Hood because I was like, I should find out what this movie's called. Uh, there, A Little Red Riding Hood horror movie came out in 2016 and 2011. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio's in this one. Oh, wait, no, I've seen this movie. Is it good? No. Are you sure the 2011 one wasn't a Twilight ripoff? It was like was it horror or was it romance horror it was romance horror yes but it really leaned in on kind of like the gore horror if i remember correctly interesting i wouldn't have thought that i cannot find this red riding hood movie i'm now convinced that it maybe i think it might be called hoodwinked i you know you said that and i think you are correct that movie came out in 2005 Seven years before this movie that we are currently watching came out. That's no good. Seven years is so long in CG animation. Yeah, I have a good... Although, now that I'm looking at this, I love... First of all, there is a second Hoodwinked movie that came out in 2011! (laughs) Before this movie came out! (sighs) But that's another episode. I have two... Uh I just realized, though, that I have two movies that I could pair together right now, though. But I don't want to do that because I already know what we're gonna watch next. Oh no! So Derek shoots these these ice panthers. I legit thought that Derek was going to kill number nine so many times in this movie. There's Derek is like so. He's got that look in his eyes, man. He's he's that... a freaking murderer. He okay. So this is a good metaphor for this that I heard. It's uh, when somebody falls into the tiger pit, the tiger is punished. Okay. Mm-hmm. Derek did not need to come out to where these ice panthers were to get a treat. He wanted to kill some ice panthers. And I feel like that really gives you an insight into how bad of a person Derek is and why number nine should be afraid of him. Number nine, I like, I identify with number nine spiritually in this movie a lot more than any other character. He's the best. He's so good. At this point in my notes, I just have, why does everybody have so many teeth again? 
<laughs> my next note is about how every song in this movie is a sin against my ears yes also that. oh okay oh okay. we get to the ridiculous shit wait which ridiculous shit um well let's get to yours first okay so what i'm thinking of is we start to see uh what the town's doing and odette goes to a fucking run down orphanage to deliver cookies. Yes. And and it really stressed me out because that orphanage is super run down and stopping by once a year to deliver cookies doesn't make that okay. Uh, and then that's even worse later and we'll get to that. Oh yeah, we will. Uh, I have another note about how all the song and dance numbers are terrible so there must have been another one. There must have been another one because I also have another and note there. Now, now I think we get to the ridiculous. The thing. real dumb shit. So we find out that Rothbart is severely weakened at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Because. No, no, actually, actually, can I say it? Let me say yes, it. Yes, yes. The only thing more powerful than the forbidden arts is the spirit of Christmas. They say that out loud multiple times in this movie, and every time they say it, it, like, it's so weird to watch a movie punch itself in the dick so many times. It's it's so weird because here's the thing. Rothbart was Rothbart used to be a good villain. Yeah. That's the thing. And in fact, in parts of this movie, he's still a good villain. He does sound but, like a rock star that is vaping all the time in this movie, and I don't know <laughs> why. Like his voice quality is sufficiently different. He does not sound like but, the Rothbart I grew up with. What he wants to do is destroy Christmas. He wants to destroy Christmas. Like he's the Grinch? It's such a stupid way to put Christmas in this movie. And I love it. There's something about the like sheer ridiculousness of, oh, so this is like, like this is directly evil versus Christmas. Yes. The problem with that is the by the by the time I got to this point in the movie, I had to hear so many shitty pop Christmas music. I want evil to win. I don't want to hear any more of that music. You're not wrong. This is like I think the third time in the movie where I thought Derek was going to kill number nine. So number nine leads Derek to the to the chest. This is some horror movie shit. Like Derek is like walking through this attic and he's like pushing over piles of boxes and like kicking things away i was like oh my god derek is gonna kill a cat yeah and he like really acts like he wants to brutally kill this cat and and number nine's like he believes it he gets the hell out of there so derek opens his chest i love this bit too okay wait No, no no wait i'm sorry i jumped ahead derek opens his chest and there's nothing in there yeah and he's like, huh, weird. And he wanders away. And now Rothbard is free. But as we said, he's weak. He's weak to Christmas. The reason he decided to come back around Christmas, even though he's weak, was because now he can destroy it. And that would make him stronger than Christmas. And therefore, the strongest thing in existence. Which some solid logic there i see where you're coming from hey man if these are the rules of the world you have to work with go for it but what he what he's doing is like making everybody irritable it starts with rogers and uberta Mm -hmm. which you know what easy targets those two are already like on the like 
on the like thin razor edge between like murdering each other and fucking that it wasn't much of a push. I wasn't the one to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Those two characters have been like on that razor thin edge for like the last three movies, I think. It's weird. I feel like there was nothing, again, nothing of that in the first movie. No, at all. Those two characters didn't even really interact with each other. I don't think Huberta was a character in the first movie. Not really. She just wanted her son to get married. Like, she had that one thing, sort of like uh, the the dad in uh, Cinderella. Yeah. So now, instead of being all happy and nice to each other, they're down each other's throats because each of them wants to, like, Yeah, they're down each other's throats. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. That was uncalled for and gross. Uncalled for and gross. Name of your sex tape. God damn it. (laughs) uh instead of instead of being all happy and cheerful and christmassy they're fighting over like who has the better singers and who's gonna like quote unquote win this pageant or whatever and then this makes Derek go back to the box this is my favorite part he goes back to the box, he opens it, he stares into what I can only call the Hellmouth. It is a just a direct portal into the furnaces of hell. That he has opened beneath his mother's casper, castle. He says, he's back, and I let him in. And somehow, this is a scene from this movie. It is. <laughs> is so here's the thing first of all i don't think this is a basement this is an attic it took me really it took me the whole ass movie to really put the the geography of this castle into question there's bars on the door so i thought it was like a dungeon no me too but no i think it's an attic where they keep the christmas decorations right that would make sense because at the at the end of the movie he teleports from the attic to just outside of a tower Oh. I could be wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, he does leave through the wall and ends up outside on the tower. So. Okay. We get a montage tells, of Christmas music. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, He no, tells no. Odette. He tells Odette. And then we get my other favorite line. He's using the forbidden arts to destroy the Christmas spirit. <laughs> a, line, a line that was written acted and directed by the same man probably by the same man and nobody ever pointed out that it was dumb it's just so dumb it really this whole this whole movie just really feels like like it just feels like it happened does yuri lowenthal know that they say he wrote this movie maybe he doesn't know do you think he was like i don't know anything about this guy but do you think he was on acid? Like, high out of his mind? I'm usually not the no? one who, who says stuff like this, but, like... I think maybe he was struggling with some crippling alcohol issues. All right. And if Yuri Lowenthal actually has suffered through some severe alcoholic issues, I am so sorry for making that joke. That is not funny. I I, th- I thought you said that he had, and I was like, Andy, why would you even? <laughs> no, I'm so- I'm trying to cover my bases. I don't like I don't know anything about him other than he's a voice actor and he's in everything. 
I don't think anybody who's had as much steady acting gigs as he has would be able to have serious alcohol issues. I, I don't know, man. Like, the number of amazing, prolific actors who've died of drug overdoses is so high. Yeah, but it's like, but the amount is the thing. Oh, you think he works too much? That's somebody with, like, a schedule, you know? That's a and good I point. feel like it's hard to be an alcoholic on a rigid schedule. I think I think if you're an alcoholic on a rigid schedule, you just have worse alcoholism, though. My understanding of alcoholism is that you can't really do a lot of shit drunk, but maybe if you're also on coke, you might be able to pull it off. <laughs> I again, like I said, if I ever meet Yuri Lowenthal, I'm going to ask him. I need to know. He's the only. Him and Laura Bailey are, like, the only people in this movie that are people who've done things Mm -hmm. that aren't this movie or things connected to this movie. It's like like finding two people who said, yeah, I was in Scientology. It's like, I need to ask you everything you know about it. Sure. Did I just compare Swan Princess to Scientology? Yes. Yeah. You know what? It's a fair comparison. It's just as mysterious. And Tom Cruise has something to do with it. I'm fairly certain aliens were involved in both of them. <laughs> yep. There's actually an aliens joke in this movie, come to think of it. Yes, there so, is, but it's kind of a, it's more of a throwaway. I say joke, but. It's a throwaway punchline is what it is. So we get like a montage of Christmas music as Uberta and Rogers are kind of like trying to one up each other with Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we get a lightsaber duel. <laughs> And this is the moment where the movie lost the plot completely. This this lightsaber duel is ridiculous. My I have some problems with it. One, it's very short. Two. I wish it was longer too. That was too. it. That was it. That was my only problem. Why couldn't actually. it be the whole movie? They have like this very brief lightsaber fight over cute animals. Here's the thing though, is that lightsaber fight is like the best animated thing in the whole movie. <laughs> like, I assume the one person that did it was really put their heart into it like it was the one joy they had in animating this movie do you think there was one person who did it there literally was and they were sitting at their desk and they're like okay so i need to animate an argument between these two characters about cute animals and they were like okay but what if (laughs) what if though i my thought was that they animated these two characters having a lightsaber duel and then Richard Rick just walked by and he was like, is that from the, the cute animal scene that you're supposed to be working on on work time? That's awesome. <laughs> We're putting that in like, the movie. Yes. <laughs> I just thought maybe we could do uh, something different. Metaphor, you know? Richard Rich just slowly puts away the knife. Like, all right. <laughs> but here's the thing is both of them lose because Odette maximizes the cuteness. Here's, here's the really shitty thing. Odette goes back to the orphanage and decides to use them for her family bullshit. <laughs> really, let's objectify some orphans in this movie while we're at it. It's like really weird. Like she straight up objectifies orphans. Like that's the whole deal. To like use them as human props. Here's the craziest part of this scene to me. Mm-hmm. Is we just get a hard dropped Jesus at this point in the movie. <laughs> and I was too. not ready a for that. A lot of them. <laughs> I was not ready for it. Like, you remember watching um, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the Christmas movie? Uh, there was a star in that movie. 
And that was the only reference to the idea that Jesus might exist. But no, they just, they're straight up singing that he's the reason for the season. Yeah. At, there is a point in this movie where they 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 say hard Jesus, extra hard Christ, and that he is the Lord yeah. and Savior. They say that in this movie, which is bananas. It's very strong. They're coming right out the gate. Well, that's no, that's like halfway through the movie. Right out the gate doesn't work as a metaphor. But still, the fact that it happens. Also, we're like an hour into this movie and jack shit has yet to happen. <laughs> it's a very slow build. It's a very slow build for a movie that is an hour and 30 minutes long. When there's 15 minutes left, that's when Rothbart shows up. So it's quite a slow build. It is not. It is a slow ass movie. And uh, I just wanted to mention that if I was to singing, I can't read my own notes, ever becomes the main way people consume Christmas carols, I will also work my damnedest to destroy Christmas. Listen, I'm not saying I would murder orphan children. I'm just saying that if I saw auto-tuned orphan children out on the sidewalk singing this version of that song, that would be like step number one in my nine-step murdering Christmas plan. Right. And it's not their fault. They just were in the way. (laughs) (laughs) They were in the way? All right. I feel like I need to mention that that was a joke in case this is ever played in court. No, definitely. Definitely (laughs) a joke. I would not. No, 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 no. But I will. So here's the thing, though, right? Is, Is now, is we get some more magic rules thrown at us here oh yeah here it comes let's hear this dumb thing they did derek is holding some wind chimes while while trying to murder number nine yet well, again trying to murder number nine again <laughs> this is like if we're keeping count this is number four and rothbart just shows up and the wind chimes start pulling him in as they as the wind chimes start playing far longer than forever the song from the first movie and they and they and they trap him and we find out that because these wind chimes represent Derek and Odette and their strong spirit of christmas which they have all year round <laughs> Rothbart can't do anything about them what uh-huh and so but then Derek has the best idea in the history of ideas in the history of Derek's ideas. In the history of ideas Derek could possibly come up with, which is he just hangs like a million of these wind chimes all around the castle, trapping Rothbard in the attic. It's very good. Although you'd think you would hang some in the attic. Right? Like you would just go in there and, like, what's he going to do? Your, your, your Christmas spirit is too strong, Derek. So after, uh... After number nine realizes that he can't leave, Rothbart goes out the wall and starts terrorizing the town by making everybody irritated with each other. Mm-hmm. Which is... I, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Yeah? No, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay. So at this point, the cat goes on a labor strike. I didn't go on a labor strike till later. That's fine. I really like this bit. So... I just, I just, I, if you want to talk about this labor strike, you go for it. But I love it as well. Like, at this point, the cat realizes what I have realized for this whole movie, which is, why are you helping Rothbart? All of his promises are air. Yeah, Rothbart can't deliver. 
and the cat's getting sick of it. He's not getting any stronger anymore because of these stupid wind chimes. So he's just like, all right, I did my part. I'm just going to sit here. You give me a life. And maybe I'll do something. But, but unfortunately, his labor strike gets foiled. One of the reasons I really love this labor strike is because... Number nine and Rothbard have the best relationship in this movie. They have such a weird sort of natural chemistry of two people who like sort of begrudgingly respect each other in a way that has never been in any other of these movies. Like begrudgingly respect each other, but also can't stand each other. They can't stand each other, but they both realize that they need something from the other that they cannot Mm -hmm. get alone. The entire, like, bearing of their relationship relies on the fact that Number 9 is relying on Rothbart to give him those extra lives. Because he's on his last one. Right. And Rothbart needs Number 9 to interact with the world in any tangible way. Uh, there's this thing Rothbart's always doing. He's constantly trying to kick stuff. Yeah, to show his anger. Knock stuff over, and, like, he can't. It's a good bit. It's, it could be a better bit, but it's not it's, a bad bit. It's not framed well, but the idea of the bit that's incepted into my mind is good. Sometimes I only realized what he was doing after he'd done it. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's not great, but that's that's an animation problem. Yeah, you know. His, his labor strike is interrupted by, mm-hmm. uh, or is upstaged by Bridget, who shows up and at first is like, ah, Rothbart, a ghost. Ghost. But then Rothbart like winks at her, and Bridget admits that she misses being evil. What? Here's the thing. What really gets me about this is, I thought Rothbart was her dad. Uh, what? Because, well, it's because Why? in the it's because in the Swan Lake play, Rothbart's daughter is supposed to be the black. Right, Star. right. That's correct. Yes, I do remember that. So that's why I had assumed, even though she, like, looks like an old hag, that she was his daughter. And it sort of jarred me seeing this. Flirtatious display of affection? Yeah. Also, I think it kind of would have worked better if she was. It would have given, like, a real reason to, like, distrust her or understand her motivation for turning or something, you know? But I feel like I feel like we've seen a lot of Bridget in this movie, so that this could eventually happen. Mm-hmm. But all that we've seen her doing was making out with that one guy. Yeah, it's not. She doesn't exactly have a character at all. Uh, at this point, I am baffled that as to why Number Nine hasn't betrayed Rothbart. He wants those lives, man. I sort of love that he's biding his time. Actually, yeah, no, seriously, right? He's like, I know this is gonna. You're gonna get yourself fucked. He's convinced that he's smarter than Bridget. Which... And, like, eventually Rothbart will need him, which doesn't seem completely wrong in the end. I... In a way, this movie feels kind of like a weird, like, prequel to a movie where eventually Number 9 becomes the main villain. And if that doesn't happen in the next movie, I am going to personally kill Richard Rich myself. I need to stress again that that was that a joke. that is absolutely a joke. I would never do that, but it's so disappointing. This whole movie grooms number nine to be the next big villain. I expect number I I disappoint you. I expect number nine to go the way of Yago from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. If you ever saw the TV series or the or the sequels, did not. 
Yago becomes uh, Aladdin's sidekick. He switches sides in return to Jafar. While I would like number nine to be more of a protagonist, or maybe a deuteragonist, I don't want number nine working with Derek, known cat killer, last name withheld. I don't think he has one. I don't think they get one, no, but I just, it, I, the joke would have been better if there was something there. I could see him working with Odette, but like Odette's attached to Derek. O- the but al- also, person. Odette has three animal companions. Yeah, and they all suck. And they all suck. It's just that they all get worse and worse. And I feel like introducing this cat really injected some good animal companions into this movie. This cat is the only good animal companion. Maybe the cat will team up with the new Swan Princess. With the new girl. Yeah. Hmm, I like it. And they'll be like, what happened to, hey, uh, Swan Princess, Odette, what happened to all of your animal companions? Oh, they got sent upstate to the farm. <laughs> they're they're living out their days having fun up on the farm. Jean-Bob finally got brutally murdered by anybody. By literally anyone. By anyone who spent more than two seconds with him. In his presence, seriously. Bridget cuts down a bunch of the uh, chimes. Yes. And uh, releases Rothbard into the castle. I can't remember if she's leading him to a specific place or... I think she was She was leading him to where Odette and Rogers and Uberto were. Because they were going to go somewhere. But oh, uh, they left. At this point, right. Odette's trying to get Uberta and Rogers to kind of make up and stop being so mean to each other. Yeah, she's got to like inject them with Christmas spirit. So what she does... Is she brings them to this like hovel where she and her father, who lived in another kingdom, who has been dead nary a year, used to bring food and gifts. And it's unclear why. And also, I think this story is nonsense because they did live in another kingdom. And I don't remember if they needed to take horses or a boat to get to the other kingdom. I think the the kingdom trip was definitely a significant amount of time in horse and carriage. Because remember, that's what Rothbard attacks them in. That's that's right. That's right. It just sounds like nonsense. And I think it'd be funny and interesting as a character choice if she did make this up, picked a random poor person's house, and decided this was this is where she's dropping a bunch of shit off to make her mother-in-law happy again. Which, you know what... Yeah, that sounds like something somebody would do to just appease their mother-in-law and her weird not-boyfriend. Yeah, what the hell is up with them? Seriously, like, I think if they just... Like, if they just bone down, all of that tension would evaporate. We're just gonna sit with this, huh? At this point in the movie, I kind of lose the plot a little bit. I... uh, My notes are gone until Rothbart shows up, so... I I know Rothbart, like... Okay, so he, he... he what goes he to town. Is, okay, here's no. Here's what happened. He did. We mentioned that earlier. He did go to town and start like messing with everybody. Right, and right, mess, right, right, right. And but what happens now is Odette was successful in getting the Christmas spirit back in Uberta and Rogers, and that made like a domino effect. So now the town's all happy again. And and that caused and that caused uh, Rothbart to almost lose all of his forbidden arts. Well, he, well, they've been calling it a brownout when he doesn't when he can't have magic. 
which is like when a light bulb dims because something happened. You which know, again, they have just been invented in this universe, so I don't know how he knows yeah, that yeah, term. Let's just go with it. Let's just go. With it. Later on in let's the movie, he says online. <laughs> he that word does not exist for like a, at least another six hundred years. Let's go with it. Because what he then says is he almost had a blackout. A blackout. He almost got murdered by Christmas. Christmas almost murdered a ghost. Which, if if that was a thing Christmas could actually do, I'd be way more into it. Like, if Christmas was the season we murdered ghosts. Well, we do tell ghost stories on Christmas. I don't, but it's a common thing. Really? So Interesting. Yeah, that's where Christmas Carol actually comes from. Like, the idea of telling ghost stories on Christmas. Huh. It's, like, a really cool idea that I think is is mostly not American. So what happens is, I want to run with this because I remember it. Yeah. Go for it, go for it, go for it. <laughs> Rothbard's, like, begging number nine for help because that's it. He, he doesn't have... A choice. He doesn't have anything. And he gives them... He promises them nine new lives. Number nine's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I got this. So he goes and he steals a light bulb. Uh, there's a brief chase scene where, of course, I'm always rooting for number nine. Mm-hmm. The other animals get locked in a closet. Rothbart puts magic in this light bulb. So now, in a way I don't get now, when that light bulb is screwed into the tree and the tree is lit, it will destroy that tree, which will ruin everybody's Christmas spirit. Rothbart will be brought back to life. Boom. He's got it. And if we want to fast forward, that's what happens. Well, no, okay, but before we get to that, though, because they trap Rothbart. Derek manages to trap Rothbart in essentially the end of Spider-Man 3 (laughs) by just creating these giant-ass wind chimes and dropping them around Rothbart, and now, like, that's it. That's it for Rothbart. There's no way he can survive being surrounded by wind chimes. It's literally the end of Spider-Man 3. (laughs) It blew me away. That is very much the end of Spider-Man 3. Uh, we should mention that his that Bridget does betray him by bringing him to Derek. And so. yes, and so but and Bridget also lets Derek know that there's another plan in the works. Right. That Rothbard has not told her about because he is not that dumb. Yeah. Which I appreciate. So Derek is like we got to we got to stop this plan, but we can't stop Christmas. Derek, you are a prince. You can postpone the celebration for like a hot minute. Like, it's not going to ruin Christmas to just walk out and be like, hey. He can't stop Christmas. It's a holiday. It's not even Christmas. It's the day before. It's ornament day or whatever the fuck. You need to understand, his butthole is filled with Christmas joy. (laughs) He's filled to the brim with Christmas cheer. We got to put a stopper on that. He is just leaking Christmas spirit from every Gross. pore. Uh, every orifice. I said from every pore. Every orifice. All right. Um, I already said the gross thing, and I was going to wind it back. Yeah, but, no. Okay. So at this point, we get like a nativity scene with some with another hard Jesus drop, but a full nativity yep. scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, uh, that's also accompanied by this synth pop, you know, awful Christmas music. It's There's so bad I hate it for so much in this movie. It mm-hmm. I could I could probably go the rest of my life and a day without listening to this music, and it still wouldn't be long enough to make me forget how much I hate it. Too bad we watched this movie twice. I, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. But so Rothbart's plan happens and Derek gets owned. The star was not destroyed. 
which I mentioned earlier, but like really stuck with me. It's it is like shown to be pretty much just fine in one shot, I think. Yeah, the whole entire tree is destroyed and the star is just hanging off of it like it's Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. (laughs) But Rothbart's back. There's 15 minutes left. I checked. We are so close to the end of this movie, but Rothbart's back and he kidnaps Odette. And at this point, Derek is like, I forget what somebody says. They're like, you can't stop him, Derek. He's too powerful. And Derek's like, but now he's mortal. And I'm just like, whoa, Derek is really into killing Rothbart one last time. Yeah, that's the only way he can finish. So... (laughs) And then Odette gets turned into a swan, not, but we're so close to the end of the movie, but they slid into home. Like, at the last minute, Odette gets turned into a swan in what I, if this was like a NASCAR race, I would be standing up and cheering like, they did it, the Mad Men. They turned Odette <laughs> into a swan in this movie for no reason. She's going to get some deep-seated issues on this i i kind of i kind of don't mind that she's turned into a swan in this movie because it like feels like rothbard's just messing with her what i don't understand is why rothbard's messing with her yeah rothbard's really just like uh turning the screws on her on her trauma like watch as i turn your beautiful home back into my horrid castle which does not look that different yeah it's got a better paint job here's my problem Okay, you know what? Why don't I'll I'll bring up my problem after we get more into this scene. You go so, on because so so Rothbard is really like turning the screws on Odette, and then he tr- he's basically like rehashing the top hits from the first movie. Yep. Um. So check that off the list. This movie continues the tradition of just redoing the first movie again, although at least except worse because all the animation's worse. Yeah, all the animation is so bad, but also slightly better because all of the redone first movie is in the like last 15 minutes of the film as opposed to just being the whole movie but the first movie i so vividly one of the only things i remembered from this movie as a kid was the big old bat monster that rothbart turns into oh yeah it's so cool and scary and weird and when he does it here it's just not it looks like a lego it looks like a it looks like two Lego animals were just like super glued together. They weren't even Lego together. They weren't even Lego together like you're supposed to do. <laughs> I just remembered that there's a point in the scene where the tree blows up where a kid just yells out, Christmas is ruined forever. And it's like, kid, wait another 364 days. Like, yeah. Well, Brothwork does bring up a pretty good point when he captures Yes, I do love this line. Yeah, she says, like, you'll never bring down the Christmas spirit. And he says, yeah, what do you think everybody will remember next year? And I like that. That's really good. It it was the one time in the movie where I was like, okay, actually, this is like a really good way to quote unquote ruin Christmas. Yeah. How do you destroy Christmas by killing the like, princess? Making it bad. Yeah, by making Christmas a sad thing, I guess. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm I don't, I don't want to bring us down too much, but it's like how do you ruin a birthday? I don't know, have a relative die that day or something. Man, that would be such a good story though. As a person who doesn't like celebrating their birthday, I wish I had that excuse, and I might just start <laughs> saying that. How do you just hate 
Happiness? It's not that I hate happiness. It's just the idea of celebration gives me anxiety. Like, why can't it just be another day? Okay, but, like, you don't, like, look forward to cake or something? I don't like sweets. Oh, God, that's right. (laughs) God, I forgot how much you suck. I do love cheesecake, though. Like, if somebody... I think for my last birthday, I went out and got some cheesecake, and I really did look forward to that cheesecake. It was really good. Okay. It'll have to be cheesecake. Cheesecake is... Like the worst kind of cake, but it's fine. what are you talking about? It's like got the best texture and flavor, and it's not sweet. I don't like sugar. It makes my teeth feel weird. So Derek is dead as fuck. They rehash the fight scene from the first movie, except this time, Rothbart wins. Yeah, Derek gets owned. His head hits rock staircase in a way that I can only describe as like a cold case files recreation scene. <laughs> Here's the problem. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Whatever. People die in this series. <laughs> uh, here's the problem. Odette starts singing a Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. And that took Rothbart down. Ooh. I'm not saying that it weakened him. No. It fucking killed him. Rothbart was defeated by the power of bad singing. And if a Christmas carol could have taken him down this whole time... Why did he go to all this trouble to mess with them? Why didn't he just kill them? Do you know when you can't sing a Christmas carol, Andy? When you're dead. When you're dead! Maybe maybe he didn't know that their Christmas spirit was that strong. Stop, stop saying that. <laughs> maybe he, what was the line again? Maybe he didn't realize that the spirit of Christmas was that much more powerful than the forbidden arts. That it would drag him back to hell. My next note is, God, I hope Derek dies. Give me a dead Derek in a Christmas movie, I dare you. And they do. He died for at least two seconds. Yeah, but he wasn't dead dead. I I think at this point, Odette says something about Derek being like like a good person or whatever. But like he (laughs) caused the last two movies and also this one. They were directly his fault. Everything has been Derek's fault. So maybe the first movie was his fault. Maybe Odette, maybe just let him go. But no, Derek comes back to life for some. I don't remember why. Um, I th- oh the shit, Christmas stuff. Sorry, we forgot the most go horrifying thing that happened in this movie, which is when uh, Puffin goes to attack Rothbart, and Rothbart just turns him into a Christmas ornament. Yep. It's unclear why he didn't do that for everybody. I know he was taunting Odette with it, with the whole, when the moon touches you, you'll transform too. But like... Into a Christmas ornament. Yeah, yeah, into... From a swan into... Uh, I think actually the swan-shaped uh, 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 things that had been messing with them that whole time. Oh yeah, the, the yeah. chimes. Yeah, the chimes. I liked Rothbart for this 15 minutes. I just wish that his plan made any sense. Yeah, we can't blame... that. That's not Rothbart's fault. That's Yuri Lowenthal's fault. In a way, it's Derek's fault. (laughs) (laughs) You know? As it turns out, it all leads back to Derek. Derek. Uh, This is the worst fucking line in the whole movie, which I'm proud that the worst line in the whole movie gets to happen at the end. Derek comes back to life. Again, I don't remember why, for some reason. He, okay, so... So Odette's like crying over him and I guess Spirit of Christmas all the ornaments fly around him? Fly around them? 
and then also the tree is restored, and it's dumb. It doesn't make any Sorry, sense. Sorry, I'm gonna up. I'm gonna read you this line from Wikipedia because I fucking love it. Do it for me. <clears throat> I'm put on my reading voice. Derek dies in her arms due to his injuries, but a distraught Odette sings again. The great spirit of Christmas returns him to life and restores the royal Christmas tree. So that's what happens. Y- yep. But here's the worst line in the movie, which is after all this happens, Derek looks up and gazes into the eyes of Odette and says, You saved Christmas. And Odette says, No, Christmas saved us all. Fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. I can't believe my favorite character is in this movie. (laughs) Right? And then number nine, by the way, just slinks off like, well, I guess Rothbart. I think he literally says, I guess Rothbart failed the rematch. Yeah, and then he just leaves. And I'm just like, I want number nine to come back. I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to. I don't. I want to just live with this hope as long as I can. Number nine does come back. Good. I remember looking up the Swamp Princess movies and seeing that there was a uh, there was a character named Number Nine in one of the later ones, and I didn't know what that meant. As well as <laughs> the Forbidden Arts itself. Oh my god! And I'm, I am looking forward to that so goddamn much. It's gonna be so bad. So this movie ends with a dance number ending, and fuck everything. And it's and bad. Everyone. Oh huh. man, I'm so glad we didn't watch this for Christmas. Whew, fadufa, man, this movie. I would like to know, Tony, what you thought of these two movies. Okay, so the Enchanted Treasure was like a better version of Castle Mountain. God, such Enchanted a bad Treasure name. was like a better version of Castle Mountain. So I kind of liked it that it like. I, I don't know, seemed to seem to rewrite a worse movie, but it wasn't so much better that it's like worth watching ever. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely say that I don't think either of these movies are worth watching ever. My problem is that the Christmas movie, I said it before, it has hills and valleys in that there are scenes, there's stuff, there's whole characters that I really genuinely like. Yeah. And then there's just so much slogging through bullshit and like awful animation and terrible music i will say this and it's that if you're in the like mood to watch just like a bad cgi movie but there needs to be something in it so that you don't want to uh die it's a pretty good one i just i can't recommend it i wouldn't recommend but number nine is so good and i and i and i don't know what to do about that (laughs) You remember when we watched Mulan 2? Yes. And we got to the point in Mulan 2 where, like, it got awesome? Yes. For, like, ten minutes? Yes. And then at the end of that one, I feel like we were also... We, we also said, like, it's a bad movie, and I can't recommend it, but that ten minutes was so good. But unlike unlike Mulan 2, where we have... Like, I, if I, I could probably go back and find that ten-minute chunk and tell people... From here to here, watch Just that. Just watch this. I can't say the same thing for this, because number nine's performance is sprinkled throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. he's got he's got some good stuff like here and there. And like I guess the ideal world would be somebody to create a highlight reel of only number nine's performance. 
and then people could just watch that, I guess? I don't know. I, I just... So that's mail at direct2.video if you want to send us a highlight reel <laughs> of only number nine's performance. And Will, I just got my hands on some video editing software. Maybe I could do it. I probably won't. I'm not going to pretend that I know how to do that. <laughs> uh, or that I'm even going to attempt to do it. But if anyone could, I'm, I am here and I have the resources... The question is, do I have the will? And the answer is no. Thank okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Directed No, Video. no, no. Wait, 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 wait. When do I tell you what we're going to watch next week? Well, I was going to do it after we wrap up, Andy. Okay, okay, okay. I wasn't sure. We haven't done this in a long time, so. It's true. It's true. Uh, thank Sorry. you for listening to Directed Video. VHS? VHS? Hoof. Uh, woof. I just got, like, very tired. I feel like I always get tired after we do the outro. No, I, I agree. I need, I need, like, I need, like, uh, like a warm tea and to just relax after this. I don't, here's the thing. I don't feel that bad about these movies. No, it wasn't. These, the, I think both of these movies had some small redeemable things that just kept us chugging along, you know? Yeah little morsels little smackerels of honey for us to chew on while the rest of the awfulness just kind of washed over us while we got stung by bees yeah yes <laughs> Ooh, uh, you can find me on twitter at theater bats and you can and at my website and sparevetureevents.org sorry no go ahead go ahead i was stepping on your thunder but uh not my thunder Don't you s- could just get burned. <laughs> you can find me uh on twitter at royalty underscore valens uh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's all I do. I, I was gonna make some joke, and then I remember that I don't even like fucking use Twitter almost at all anymore. I'm 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 mostly these days just angry on Twitter. So maybe don't follow me there unless you want to be angry with me. I'm angry on Twitter, but I don't ever talk about it. So my <laughs> Twitter feed is just like empty. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough times on the old t w i double t e r dot com. You know, we could make that into a jingle, sell it for a million dollars. A million dollars is probably lowballing it, actually. <laughs> if you were to write a Twitter for jingle. Don't uh, we have somebody to thank Tony jingle. about jingles? Sure. I'd like to thank Re- Lee Rosevere for the use of his song, Planet E, off the album Trappist One. Trappist One. What a kick-ass name for an album. So good. It's, 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 a, really, it's a really cool name. Would you like me to tell you what we're going to be watching next time? I don't want you to tell me. Okay. <laughs> but I kind of have to. All right, fine. So we are going to be watching Bambi. No. And Bambi 2. Oh, it's a midquel. <laughs> yeah, it's an interquel in the best interquel. way. Oh, no. Bambi. Bambi Man, 2, I, Bambi. I believe, has a name but I don't remember what it is. And the Great Prince of the Forest. One more time? Give it it to me one more time. Bambi and the Great Prince of the Forest. Oh. Oh, no. This calls it an animated drama film. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, I think... I'm just realizing now that, yeah, Bambi's kind of a very sullen-toned movie. Bambi is very much a sullen tone movie. Movie. It's also. Un- it was always unclear to me who it was for. It's. I think it's for. It's for children, 
in that it's it's kind of one of the few movies you can show children that is for children that exposes them to hey this is what life is it's all of this is gonna happen at some point in your life your mom's gonna get shot and your home's gonna burn down i okay well not exactly like that but you know there are things in life that are gonna happen that like like the loss of a loved one or moving away from a home and you need to and like as a child maybe we're going to expose you to it in a way that's a little bit sterile and kind of not overwhelming baby is very overwhelming and not sterile you haven't seen in a long time Kids get scared of the fire seed. I I haven't seen Bambi since I was a kid. Okay. I remember I remember liking it, but that's kind of it. Like they, I don't remember specifics. It wasn't a movie I watched a lot as a kid. I'll be honest with you, man. It's boring. Well, maybe Bambi Two has like a beautiful country tune arc to it, like Fox and the Hound Two did. Maybe. I doubt it. I'm the ghost of John Smith. And I'm internet dead. I'm just looking up the voice actor of, uh, of number nine. Oh, sorry. List of voice performances in direct-to-video and television films. First of all, if I ever get a Wikipedia page, I hope that I can have this category on my Wikipedia page. You'll only have that category on your Wikipedia page. Do go on, Second of all, here we have uh, Kite Liberator, A Martian Christmas, Happily Never After 2, Snow White, Another Bite at, as in the, the at symbol, the apple. There's a lot to unpack there. There really is. The Swan Princess Christmas as number nine. And then The Swan Princess, A Royal Family Tale as... Number nine. The Forbidden Arts. No way! Yeah! Are you kidding? I love this man. Oh my god, do you think number nine becomes The Forbidden Arts? I... Oh, that would be so good! That would be so good. I would really fucking love that. I, first of all, I can't believe that we're writing uh, Swan Princess fanfiction. This is what you've done to us, Tony. This isn't my fault. This is definitely Derek's fault.